I'm Tina Black, co-owner of Next Level Salon Ownership, a six-month business and leadership course to help you start, maintain, grow, or scale your salon business. We believe there are five strategies to help you eliminate politics and confusion, increase morale, decrease turnover, and increase productivity. If you would like to get on our waiting list for the next course, please go to www.nextlevelsalonleadership.com. There's a commonly held belief. I mean, one of the things that has been shared with me, salon owners, is that here's how it came about just a couple of weeks ago. They said, Jay, somebody started liking my stylist's work on social media. And listen, any attention is good attention to me. So I said, oh, congratulations. They said, no, they're grooming my people. And I said, grooming them for what? They said to recruit them and take them away. So if everybody's tracking with me, does that make sense? You've heard yep. that. Oh yeah. And so I said, well, tell me about that. And I was playing a little naive. And she said, well, it's bad juju. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's inappropriate to take stylists from another salon. And I've actually heard in the salon, it's very common, we don't hire stylists from another salon. And so again, this is not advice, it's just to challenge this commonly held belief. And so what's interesting in, to me in our industry is that we're the only industry where it's taboo or bad juju, as the person shared with me, to recruit from a competitor. And so I do work with other organizations and they're constantly hiring their competitors' people. And guess what? Their competitors' people are hiring their people. And so I think about, you know, when my wife uh, got into the, she's a true headhunter. So before LinkedIn social media, here's how it worked. If you were looking for an executive, they would actually call into a company and try and find this person. In fact, true story is that at Bumble, the way she got connected, they were looking for a new VP of sales the founder of the company, she said, who do you want that VP to come from? Without giving out any names, mention the company. My wife, six weeks, prospected, recruited that person. That person became the VP of sales. And so we have this commonly held belief in the industry. So that's one thing, as you look at it, I just, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just sharing with you that it may be one of the industries that that is the belief. In the engineering firm, my niece, industry, my niece works for an engineering firm. They have a boomerang award. When an employee leaves and comes back, they get an award. It's wow. called boomerang that you left because the company's thinking is that you have new experiences or you saw value in what we do and now you have further conviction this is the best place to be. And so I am not giving any advice here. What happens when you begin to challenge this commonly held belief and the thinking is some new thinking arises. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to take credit for it. This is not my idea, but the same salon owner said, you know, Jay, I'm shifting my, I said, what new thinking are you having? They said, well, my website used to be targeted towards gaining new clients. I have more clients than I can accommodate. Now we're like three months back down. So with my website, I'm now building my website and social media to attract stylists. And if anyone's listening, I just want to show you the benefit to shifting your thinking because it now shifts your emotions about things and ultimately your behavior. And so I would share with you, I'm not a recruitment expert. 
I think that we need to rethink our commonly held beliefs. Here's the other thing that I believe will happen is that it's not about people taking your clients. I mean, your, your stylist. It's about you not being able to retain them. Yeah. So if our thinking is, is that other people are taking them, then we have a non-compete in place. Yeah. If your belief is, is how do I retain that person? Now you look at your culture and your organization and going, what am I, what can I do? What needs to be done? And you need to enroll your team in this because you need to know what they know. You need to know what they're thinking. You need to know what they're feeling as it relates to staying here. It'd be just, and this is a very low hanging example. Please forgive me if it offends anyone. It'd be like someone saying, you know, um, aren't you upset because this guy stole your wife? That's one way to look at it. The other way is what did I not do as a husband that made her not want to leave? So I'm going to leave it there. I can't imagine what people are thinking and saying. I'm giving no advice. If there's one takeaway from this is to challenge the commonly held beliefs that we have had if you want new and different results. And the same thinking that has got us to this point is not necessarily the same thinking that will get us where we need to go. Some of it may, some of it may not. So let me pause there. How well did I do that? Do you want to continue or do you want me to stop? Yes, we could just take this entire message on this. This is, you're blowing my mind. It's so true because I've been thinking about that because with our course that we do on fixing your hiring, that's basically what we're focused on. Like, let's fix your foundation. Let's fix your leadership. Let's fix your communication. Let's fix your attitude via let's fix your thinking. So this is so huge. And then the hiring will be fixed from there because when I see that, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this is just, you know, you're bleeding from not taking care of these issues right here. Same as a marriage, right? You, you didn't communicate for 35 years and now all of a sudden you're freaking out because your spouse is divorcing you, but you didn't communicate. <laughs> you didn't have a good system in place. And, and so let's, let's go right there because this is huge. And I also want to talk about, because you, you did slide in non-competes. Because I have a lot of salons that ask me, Tina, should I have my stylist sign a non-compete? Of course, I've got my opinions on that being married to a lawyer. Um, and then, of course, you know, I have my, you know, my deep, you know, inner thinking on this. And then, of course, we hear from salons, you know, that have done it and won and they're glad that they do it. So we've seen like both sides of the spectrum, right? So let's let's dig a little deeper into the non-competes. And then I also want to go back to what you're talking about here, because I think this is so huge because um, not stealing from other salons because of bad juju, <laughs> too, you know? And of course I take that on, especially because I'm a school owner as well. And so we only hire students, but I do know that people are so trying to solicit my team, but I'm working so much harder, like you said, to retain them and making them future partners. And so working through that process and the ones that go need to go because it's just best for them. And I just have to bless them on their journey, you know, through it too. So, so let's start with non-competes first. What's your opinion on that? And what advice do you give salon owners? Okay, so we'll talk about non-compete. Yes. We're gonna come back to values too, because this all yeah. ties in. I want to answer that for you. Huge. Here's what I would say, again, please, for anyone who's listening, 
I don't have any advice for you. This is strictly about your thinking. And the reason I don't have advice for you, for those of you who are listening and have a background in psychology or have taken a psychology course or go to therapy or know somebody yes. who's gone to therapy, yes. uh, you might recognize this framework. It's called cognitive behavioral based therapy. And here's how it works is that what drives performance is behavior. What drives behavior is emotions and what drives emotions is thinking. So if you ultimately want to shift performance, it's going to start with shifting your thinking. And so that's why you know, we, we, we would start here so that everyone knows. The thinking will drive the emotions that will drive the behavior. We often start with training with the behavior. We ignore the emotions and the thinking. Makes sense? And if you guys want an example, just a low hanging fruit example would be, look at retail sales. So every salon wants to increase their sales. Every owner wants to increase their sales. Stylists aren't so much interested in that. But in any event, we have all this training. We have contests, we have commission. We even have coercion at some level, right? The, the emotion for a stylist when I've worked with them, and this is after talking to thousands of stylists, is that the emotion is apprehension, anxiety, and anger. Anger at the owner because they don't want to do this. And it's a constant conversation. The thinking is this. I am a creative person. I am not a, and everybody's filling in the blank. Not a salesperson. Do you see where we're off to a flying stop? If thinking drives performance and our thinking is, this is not my job, it's not what I do, and my emotions are anger anger and anxiety and apprehension, do you see why we can't get sustainable behavior? So I just want to share that with you. That's where I'm spending the time is the thinking. I would ask you to look at your thinking around non-compete. So I'd ask you, what is the goal of the non-compete. I believe that everything that you do, and the new book is a representation of this, is are you advancing the relationship in every single interaction, policy, and procedure in your book? That's the filter. Perfect. If you feel as though a non-compete advances the relationship, then I would say by all means, then they're congruent. However, if you have a value of education, and, and this is the most common value I hear mm-hmm. in salons, I have a value of education. Here's the thing that's ironic to me, and this may seem a little cynical, so forgive me, is the number one thing that salons ask for in stylus is education. Number one thing they won't show up for, education, right? So very ironic there. However, I do hear this value. So if you define education is that you're constantly growing and adding to your knowledge and thinking, and somebody is adding to their knowledge and thinking by working in another salon, yeah. which is more important to you, that non-compete or your value of education? So that's how you can show up as being incongruent. And your values really are the things that when adversity hit, What's exposed? I've heard people say um, adversity defines character. I, I would say it's closer to it is, is that it exposes it. And I've seen with owners their true character when the non-compete comes into play. So again, I am not giving you any advice. Do I realize that there's a financial impact? Yes. Do I want someone to stay in a relationship that doesn't want to stay in a relationship? 
especially because of financial. I mean, if we go back to a marriage, and I think there are parallels between a marriage and an employee you know, relationship, there's some commonalities there. Would you want someone to stay in their relationship with you because of financial reasons? No, of course not. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, would you want to create such a compelling relationship? Right. That was the furthest thing from someone's mind. So where you invest your time, your money, and your energy is yeah. in the retention of people. If people want to steal my life, and listen, we've been married 31 years, by the way, last week. I'm very, very proud. Congratulations. Of yeah. I can't tell you it happens often. There have been a couple of occasions where other people have been very forward in their advances in pursuit of my wife. Now, I will tell you, am I jealous? No, am I flattered? Yeah, that you find someone as attractive as I do. She didn't go with him, if that's your question, Jay. She, <laughs> him up she didn't, however, however, she chose me. Mm -hmm. And I need to run my family and my life and my relationship that people are making those choices that I have commitment from them, not compliance. And I talk about that in the next book about wow. doing commitment versus compliance. Compliance you do because you have to, commitment because you want to. I would love to build a culture where people didn't wanna leave, but I do not wanna hold you against your will, especially if you have a value of freedom. I want you to have the freedom to make the choice of whether you stay or go. And that's how I build a culture, I believe. So if anybody's asking me, what is your response to have one or not have one? I don't have an answer for you. What I would say is that I would just make sure that it's congruent with what your core beliefs are, your value system. Yeah, so good. Let's go back to the value system, the core okay. It all comes back to values. It does. It goes back right to foundation. And that's why the first month we spent on foundation. And interesting enough, I've had a salon owner. She's the fourth time going through this course. It's not because she's a slow study. It's because she's so smart because she realizes that you never graduate from this stuff. You have to keep looking at your systems and say, okay, are they relevant right now? this year and then next year look at them again over and over and over and you know we talk to salon owners i know you and i both jay that you know we're like okay let's see your systems and they wrote them 80 years ago and and they're pulling out they you know blowing off the dust of their systems <laughs> it's scary to me and most of them don't have written down values as well they don't have that system and they don't continue to train 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 that those value systems so can you talk a little bit about that and how do people get started well first get his book leave your mark and this versus that because it's going to really help you to get through this process too and i can't wait to work with our salon owners on your book jay so can you talk a little bit about how to get started if they haven't done this work and why they need to do this work here's it's such a big topic, so I'm just is. just it's huge. Here. is I want to share this with you. When I speak with you and I share with you today, and you know, we kind of have this think and learn together. I want to share with you that I am talking to you as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a if you're size, I'm talking to you as a human being. This work around value started for me on a project I did, I was part of at uh, Microsoft for two and a half years. And the reason I share that with you is I do the exact same work 
outside the industry as they do inside the industry. So when people say, oh, you know, salon owners and you know, stylists, what ails you ails humanity. Yeah. So I want to share this values with you. And I share this conversation with you because this is real to all of us. I felt sometimes in this industry that people are like, well, you know, stylists as though there's something wrong with you. And that's not the case at all. So this is just confirmation, validation that what's ailing you is ailing humanity. And so I mentioned this project at Microsoft because I was really blessed. Once again, my wife got me in on this opportunity and it was life-changing for me. And I share this with you because we went through this with this organization and it was three full days that we were doing this across the world with a thousand of their leaders, executive leaders. And what you see in the book, I tried to condense three days, full days into a book. Into the second book, I've got it down to about four pages or so. It's not to minimize it. Is it, it is a big concept. I just wanted to find a way that was clear, that was concise and compelling. And values are simply what you define as right and wrong, what you prioritize in making time for. It's the filters in which you make your decisions. And so just on that description, you can see how every great company started off their brainstorming on the company with what are our values. They become the filter for every decision you make and you can make them much quicker. So whether it's the product company you work with, the people that you hire, the people that you let go of, who you collaborate with, your policies and procedures, these all become the filters. And so you can make decisions much faster. Values. Mm -hmm. I think when you go through the book and listen, Again, knowledge won't be my point of difference. You can Google values and probably get a lot of the content that you experienced from my book. Here's what I wanna chat about today is I will tell you in our industry, I've seen values done this way. Let's get the team together and let's discuss values and what our values are. So the single most important thing to you, you're gonna let the team make that decision for you. Now, they weren't there to sign the lease or to pick the location on the loan. Yeah, those things are important, you know, but I'm not gonna have them there for that. But the values, the very things that define me as a human being, I'm gonna leave to a group of people who may or may not be there in the future. And so my experience is, is now they begin to capture all these values. And here's what happens. Well, we need to narrow down the list to 10 or to five. And by the way, when I talk about three values, I'm talking about three core values. You could have five, 10, 15, values. there's over 4,400 values, by the way. Wow. When I talk about three to five, I'm talking, and I specifically talk about three, it's the way the brain takes in information, but I'm talking about your core values, your non-negotiables. So, before I go on, and please help me out, I'm gonna get back to this team exercise, is that if, if you're asking how do you differentiate between your values and your core values, the core values are the things I quit a job into relationship over. So I have a value of education. My buddies are good guys. I can't tell you they spend a lot of time on education, but it's, it's not non-negotiable for me. I have a value of loyalty, family, and respect. Those are non-negotiables. There are people that I do not interact with because they violate those core values for me. When they do something, it's like sandpaper to my soul. That's how you'll know it's a core 
value for you. Mm -hmm. So I just want to give you a working definition of those two. To get back to the group now, is that if you do it as a group exercise and you capture these values and you put the 10 to 15, and then you go, okay, we're going to put fence post marks and okay, here are the most popular ones. What if they're not your core values as an owner? And the reality is, is if you want to work you, and support someone else's values, then you'd be working for someone else. The reason yeah. people start their own business, they have their own core values. Your role as a leader is to turn your values into a compelling cause for others to follow. Yes. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yes, 1,000%. So that is why I don't see it as a team exercise. I am interested in what their values are because as an owner, it's not your job to motivate your people. It's to not extinguish their motivation. What motivates them is what motivates you, their values. That's why you have to know. So the exercise is to find out what your people's values are so you can communicate in a way that supports those values. For you as an owner, you need to go through these exercises. These are the non-negotiables for you. These are your values. So when you look at a Martin Luther King, if I asked you, what do you think his value is? Somebody might say fairness, right? You knew instantly. You got millions of people to follow, even risk their lives, because he turned it into a compelling cause. Here's what will happen if you do it, right? You look at Mother Teresa. Poverty, right? I mean, that actually became a value. When the Pope went to visit her, he took the Pope mobile. He's worried. He gave it to her because she's walking through the slums in Calcutta. You know what she did? She sold it the next day. Yeah. But do you see how she could make a decision like that because she had clarity on her values? So if you're faith-based people, I'm not looking to convert anybody, but you would get this reference that Jesus certainly had values. He didn't get the disciples together and go, hey, we're gonna go in a room and we're gonna go around the horn, I wanna hear. He brought these values to the table and turned them to a compelling cause that people were willing to leave their families, their friends, their jobs. So again, I'm not looking to convert you. It's about the concept and how leaders I can identify and embrace their values, and then turn it into a compelling cause. And we've seen it with Chick-fil-A. That would be an example of someone leaving their values. They close, they close on Sundays because there's a value that that founder has. Yeah. I'm gonna miss Kathy. I think I can mispronounce his name. Yeah, Kathy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he made the decision to close on Sundays. Yeah. yeah. How many times do you think that decision was questioned? Oh, million. Right? Yes. Yes. But the convictions of his beliefs, but that wasn't where he goes, well, I have an idea for chicken sandwiches. Let me just get together a think tank of 100 potential employees and go, hey, do you think we should be open on Sundays? <laughs> so let me pause there. It starts okay. with the values. It starts with you having clarity on your values, you differentiating between the negotiable and non-negotiable. Education is negotiable for me. Loyalty, non-negotiable for me. Yeah. Those are my core values. Now, you're asking, where does this come into play when we get back to the hiring? Mm -hmm. Here's a question that's asked. And people say, you need to hire people who have your same values. Listen, if you can do that, I think that that's great. There's over 4,400 of them. You could probably get people who have values of family, loyalty, respect. What if they have creati creativity? What if they have adventure, right? You can see how you could quickly hire someone who had a different value than you and it works. Here's the non-negotiable. 
they may not have your value. They do have to support it. Yes. So if you have clarity on it, you can share and then they go, yeah, well, they didn't have our values. That's okay. Can they support the value? I'll give you guys an example. And this is very personal. I hope it's appropriate is um, I told you I'm a faith-based guy. My wife is not. (laughs) Some of you are listening. Oh, interesting. How does that work? She doesn't have that value. However, she does support the value. So she goes, hey, babe, you know, if you want to get your church on online Sunday mornings, that's no problem. We'll plan, we'll start our plans afterwards. When you go to church, no problem. We can have coffee in the morning. When you get back, we'll start our day. That's an example of how that can work. Doesn't have the same value. However, we'll support that value. And in your cultures, that can happen. This is important that you understand that because it's hard to find people. Yeah. You might start putting criteria. This um, woman wrote a book about finding the, the perfect man. They said one of the things that, you know, a woman will do, she's talking about from a woman's perspective, this is not mine, is, you know, he has to be uh, six feet tall. Well, that eliminates a certain part of the population. Uh, then he has to blonde, have blonde hair. That eliminates more of the population. Then he has to blue eyes. Eliminate. He has to cook. He has to, and what happens is now there's, okay, there's five people that you can date. And so I share this with you because in your culture, I think your values are non-negotiable. You, the non-negotiable is can they support those values? Those are values of education. So if you have a value of education, can you support it? Supporting it means you come in on your day off. Give them an example of what it, whether you believe in it or not. Do I have a commitment from you? Do we have an agreement? Not an expectation. And I do write about that in the book, commitment. I mean, expectations versus agreements. Yeah. Do we have an agreement? that you'll support that. So the values, you know, to your point, let me just answer is that you can go through this exercise. I walk you through and I think a very clean, simplistic way. Listen, if you want to do something that's team building, this is the component to do. Listen, have a potluck day and, you know, have a costume day and all those. If you have a value of fun, by the way, because I have seen people go, let's have a fun day. And people go, my owner's not fun. There's nothing fun about him. It's not congruent. <laughs> but if you want to build team and, and the goal is to advance the relationship, identifying what their values are is an excellent, it's the place to start it. Wow. Thank you for joining us today. And if you loved this podcast, jump on over to our YouTube page to hear the full hour-long interview. You can find us at Next Level Salon leadership.